Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you once again to join us here in this place this morning, and we trust that you are here among us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit. A good preacher is an expert at connecting the Word of God to the lives of his congregation. A good preacher is like a bridge builder, bringing the word and the listener together in such a way that the word can have great impact. An important way that a good preacher does this is through the use of illustrations. A good preacher uses illustrations that are relevant to his listeners' lives, not confusing or mysterious to them. A good uh, teacher once recently, actually, in my church planting workshop, told me that a good preacher is an exegete, an interpreter of culture, aware of what's going on right now, what's a hot topic today, and using that to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Consider then the classic song Desert Pete, written in 1963 by the folk singing group, the Kingston Trio. Now, before you make some protest about the current cultural relevance of the Kingston Trio, uh, let me just say that in 1961, the trio was described as, quote, the most envied, the most imitated, and the most successful singing group, folk or otherwise, in all show business. And, quote, the undisputed kings of the folk singing rage by every yardstick. So there. So Desert Pete tells the story of a man crossing a desert who is really thirsty. You can already tell it's a folk song, right? So just as he's about to sort of die of thirst, he comes across a water pump. Out in the middle of the desert, there's a little jar of water next to the pump and a note. And the note is from Desert Pete. Here's what it says. And man, quoting this song so makes me wish I could play the banjo. The pump is old, the note began, but she works, so give her a try. I put a new sucker washer in her, you may find the leather dry. Yeah, you'll have to prime the pump, work that handle like there's a fire. Under that rock, you'll find some water I left in a bitters jar. Now here's where Desert Pete gets tricky. There's just enough to prime it with, so don't you go drinking first. You just pour it in and pump like mad and... Buddy, you'll quench your thirst. And then the chorus. You've got to prime the pump. You must have faith and believe. You've got to give of yourself before you're worthy to receive. Drink all the water you can hold. Wash your face. Cool your feet. Leave the bottle full for others. Thank you kindly, Desert Pete. The most folk song of all time. Desert Pete... That old rogue has left our singer just enough water with which to prime the pump, right? It's a test. 
He's got to show that he has faith, pouring every drop of that delicious and potentially life-saving water into the pump before he can receive. He's got to give before he gets. Now, this sentiment was culturally relevant in 1963, and though the popularity of folk music has regressed a little bit, the idea of you've got to give before you get and you've got to prove your worth is still a number one hit today. Just think for two seconds. Indiana Jones has to step out into the chasm to prove his faith while trying to recover the Holy Grail. Jafar in Aladdin has to find the one diamond in the rough who is worthy to enter the cave of wonders. Atreyu in the never-ending story has to uh, prove the purity of his heart. And yes, I know the most recent of those examples is from 1992. (laughs) Every questing hero and every romantic partner in every story you've ever seen, heard, or read must prove themselves. They have to give before they get. And the reason this is so true is because it's true for you. You know that you must be worthy to receive. You must give before you get. This is life. This is what your life is like. Promotions get given out to the worthy. Good things happen for the worthy. You do good, you get good in return. We are so used to this idea. We live this life every day, and it is killing us. We are crawling through the desert in a desert peat world. We're desperately and constantly on the lookout for anything that might qualify us as worthy, anything we might use to prime the pump. We're desperately thirsty. But all the water pumps have this awful note attached. You've got to give before you get. Prove yourself. But... It is into this desert peat world that the suffering servant comes. Isaiah 53 tells us what he's going to do. And then Jesus in Mark 10 tells us that he is the one who will do it. Listen to Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God. And afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who is this? Him. We have to know who is this he who is this upon whom all my iniquity was laid. Who is this who bore the punishment intended for you whose sacrifice has made us whole. 
It's not Desert Pete. All Desert Pete has for us is judgmental little notes and impossible tests. All Desert Pete can say is, prove yourself. You've got to give before you get. In a, in a Desert Pete world, we're standing in front of a vending machine. Do they still have vending machines with an impossibly crumpled dollar bill? Has this ever happened to you? And you put it in, and it comes back out. And you say a little prayer, and you put it in, and it comes back out. Maybe this time it'll be good enough. You're offering to the God of the vending machine. Please, you put it in, and it comes back out. It's just not good enough. You've got to give before you get. You must prove your worth. But that is not what's going on in Isaiah 53. Listen to more. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressions. Did your ears prick up? The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous. There is one. The righteous one. There is hope for we, the thirsty. No, the dying of thirst. There is hope for us crawling through the desert with nothing whatsoever to offer except iniquity and transgression. Because there is one. There is one who can throw Desert Pete out of his tyrant's chair, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus' announcement in Mark 10 is that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Numbers chapter 20, I bet you didn't think I was going to go to Numbers chapter 20 right then. But in Numbers chapter 20, the Israelites who have been wandering in the desert with Moses have finally had enough. They're just like the singer in Desert Pete. It's been 40 years and they know a thirst that is incredibly profound. They don't know where the promised land is and they have nothing to drink. So they congregate against Moses and Aaron, their leaders. I love this phrase, they congregate against them. And they say, why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? Why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. There is no water to drink. We are dying of thirst. And so Moses and Aaron go before the Lord. And they simply fall on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appears to them. And what does the glory of the Lord say to Moses and Aaron? You've got to prime the pump. You must have faith and belief. You've got to give of yourself before you're worthy to receive. No. Absolutely Not. Almighty God tells Moses to command that the desert rocks themselves bring forth water 
to refresh his people. And they do. Water springs forth from the desert simply at the word of God. God's people are not worthy. They have not proved themselves. They are a whiny, complaining bunch who are wishing that they were back in slavery in Egypt. But God does not wait for them to be worthy. He doesn't ask them to prove themselves. He brings water out of the desert rocks to sustain them. You and I are crawling through the desert this morning. We're thirsty. We're about to die. And worst of all, we have nothing to offer. We can't meet Desert Pete's conditions. But Desert Pete isn't on the throne. Jesus is the suffering servant who bore our iniquities and carried our diseases. The risen Savior who was wounded for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. That holy King who took upon himself the punishment that made us whole. And healed us by his bruises. All we have to offer him is iniquity and transgression. But incredibly, there is good news. Iniquity and transgression are the only things he'll take. All we have to offer him is iniquity and transgression. But iniquity and transgression are the only things he'll take. And he gives us his righteousness in return. As the Buddha lay dying, he spoke to his followers. Strive unceasingly, he said. That's life in a desert peat world. Prove yourself. You've got to give before you get. That is life in an eternal desert. There is no relief. There is no offering that can make you worthy. But as Christ hung on the cross, as he hung dying, bearing the sins of the world, his final cry was, it is finished. That is a new resurrected life in Christ, a life that is lived beside streams of living water. You are worthy on account of his offering, righteous on account of his Sacrifice alive on account of his death. Come to me, Jesus said, and you will never be thirsty again. Amen.